Welcome to the SG Engage podcast, where it's all social good all the time. Sit back and relax as the brightest minds from across the social good community engage with trends, big ideas, and best practices to help you drive impact. Welcome to this episode of the SG Engage podcast. I'm your host, Steve McLaughlin with Blackbaud. In prior episodes of the podcast, we've talked about the relationship between technology and organizations, technology and how those organizations can uh, engage with supporters. But today, we're going to focus on the relationship and the role that technology can play when it comes to engaging with different constituent types. In particular, um, we're going to dig into some recent research around how technology is helping to improve the experience between schools and parents through the use of technology. Joining me on the show this time is Chuck English with English Marketing Works and Linda Lawrence with Ransom Everglades. Welcome to the show, Chuck and Linda. Thanks. Thank you. Hi there. Happy to be here. Chuck, maybe a good place to start is, could you help give listeners a a bit of an overview of of the study and some of the important and key findings? Sure. Um, This was a study done by uh, Blackboard and uh, in in cooperation with YouGov. Um, It was a study of 1,000 private school parents. And uh, ask them about their, uh, I guess, their behavior and attitudes on a range of issues, but principal amongst those were their um, perceptions of technology in their schools and the ways in which technology uh, had impact on their experience as parents and some of the decision that they, decision making that they made as parents. And what were some highlights from your perspective that that sort of survey of the thousand parents yielded? I would say that what was really interesting was that uh, technology was certainly a consideration for parents in choosing a school. That they were they were interested in how technology was being used in uh, particular schools. But in addition to that, you know, technology has a huge impact on their experience as parents. And there were particular ways in which they talked about those kinds of things. Things like, for example, uh, having a parent portal uh, where they can, you know, a single source where they can get up-to-date information on their child's uh, progress and activities. Uh, they talked about being able to complete enrollment and tuition processes uh, in a in an efficient way and online um, as as being uh, areas that that affected you know their experience, um, but I think that the the most interesting thing was that they said that technology had uh, increased their sense of engagement in their kids' schools. Now that could be a COVID function, but I think it talks about you know it talks interestingly about the the power of uh, technology to, uh, you know, really make a difference in the lives of parents. Yeah, no, that's that's really interesting, Linda. I'm curious in your role at Ransom Everglades, how you deal with this every every day, right? That the relationship and the use of technology with parents. What's your perspective, sort of, as you you live this every day at school? Um, I. I agree. I think that I agree with the findings that um, technology 
has been used to engage our families. It's given us, especially now, and with parents' increased awareness of technology, it's given us the ability to reach out and um, keep them engaged in different ways than just visiting campus. Um, In fact, we put a lot of effort on our parent portal so that their experience within the digital world is just as um, lovely as when they walk on our campus, our beautiful campus. And when I'm sure in the last 18, 24 months, that role of technology has probably you know become more invaluable than ever as you know schools have, have gone from remote to in in person and those types of things. What's been your perspective on that and also sort of the the willingness or interest in parents using more of this tech because of the the new normal we live in? The new normal is that is for parents to jump online to find information readily. We spend a lot of effort in wayfinding, helping parents guide them through the process just by clues and cues. The other thing that we did was we increased our technical support outreach so that a parent, if they're having a problem with anything, they can call and email our support line and within minutes they're getting help as well. So we're finding their way and we're holding more classes for parents to engage, more tech tips going out there. Our communication has increased quick, rapidly. No, that's great. Yeah. No, and I think that's certainly probably a trend we've seen with a lot of of organizations. And it feels like that's that's kind of the expectation now from people. Right. Especially when um, transitions there, you know, there have been times when we've had to um, go remote quickly or, you know, start out a, a a, after a holiday remotely, and then bring students back online, things like that. So parents have learned to become very nimble with what to expect. And um, we just find ways to ease into those situations at a moment's notice. Yeah. And Chuck, I'm curious, you know, what's your perspective, and maybe from some of the study research or just the work that you do with organizations, in terms of managing these new expectations, or you know, sometimes I think um, oftentimes uh, people have expectations that are that come from their use of technology in their personal lives. So if Google does something, or you know, Zoom does something, or whatever, whatever happens to be that, that, or their bank allows them to do something, that suddenly they then have that expectation that all the places they have a relationship with provide a similar level or similar capabilities. Do you think that's true? And and is that changing over time? I think it's absolutely true. I think that uh, uh, that there there is no question that in other parts of their lives, and you mentioned some of them, Steve. But you know whether it's you know dealing with a bank or utility or you know any of the things that parents do, um, they're able to utilize technology in order to meet their needs. In you know, in a wide variety of ways, and I think that um, I, I think that they're expecting that from schools as well. It's part of, and the, and and for the, the you know for the same reason that the uh, kinds of organizations that I talked about, you know, whether there's banks or retailers or utilities, see technology as contributing to their customer experience. Actually, more than contributing, being an integral part of their customer experience. 
parents are expecting schools to do the same thing. So it's 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 definitely a trend. But I, you know, I I was you know, I know you're the one asking the questions, but I, I if you if you don't mind, I I wanted to ask Linda uh, about you know the things that she was talking about because in my work with schools and I you know I've worked with you know dozens and dozens of schools you know the the kind of activity Linda that you're talking about is not is not always the norm I'm I'm sure you know that so you know even this even this idea of you you talked about holding more classes you know for you know I guess to be able to you know instruct parents and help them along well I, you know I I think I don't want to say most, but I would say for many schools, having any classes for parents is, you know, something that they're they're just not able to, they're just not able to do. So I'm interested in in how, uh, you know, you've developed the sort of technology portfolio um, at your school to to be in a position, you know, to be able to think about offering those classes and 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 having that kind of tech support for parents. Good question. I think it started because, well, I have a brief history with Ransom Everglades. I, I entered the school in May of 2020, right in the midst of hmm. um, schools faced with what to do for the next academic year. Um, Ransom Everglades at that time had a bring your own device program, and we had to quickly implement a one-to-one laptop program. The school just funded the entire thing and the first day of you know the weekend before school started, we were pretty much throwing laptops in cars, being all messed up. With that came quite a bit of we, we knew that we had very limited contact with parents at that time for something extremely new. So we didn't want to start the school year with anxious parents as well as anxious students. Um, there's always a some form of anxiety around the first day of school anyway, but this was on steroids. So we put together a training, a, a, a step-by-step how to get started with a laptop, videos of what, what we expect of you. We know we're remote. You're opening this laptop for the first time. Here's the video of, of what to expect. Here's how you connect. You know, how, here's, how to, here's how students connect to classes. Uh, and here's how you can join us too that, for our different engagements. So it was kind of a a seat. I mean, it wasn't just one tactic. We had resource boards that we used through our Blackboard product for training videos and, you know, step-by-step documents as well. Uh, we had uh, digital podiums that um, just to kind of keep the families connected by Zoom so that uh, parents could join in and talk to our head of school. Push pages were so critical during that time. And we were pretty much pushing information out every day. It was rapid. And then came the second year where we had admission. We went through an admission season. We had new parents coming in and we're using some of the techniques this year that we put together last year, which was an onboarding for new families on how to use the platform, how to get started. Uh, We made the decision to move up when we onboarded new students so that they could take advantage of making contact with uh, school personnel and the different resources that we might have available over the summer. And it it was just, I I don't know, it was organic yet strategically planned to roll out things as we needed to reach out to the family. And I think the biggest part was that wayfinding. 
where families needed to go one single place. And here's where the information is that you would need in order to get your school started, school year started. Fascinating. And is that, and, and, and has that, um, has that extended to other ways in which uh, parents are using technology in the school? So for example, I mentioned uh, tuition enrollment, like, you know, re-enrollment, being able to pay tuition online, check on your account online. I mean, those kind of, have you been able to expand into those areas? Well, we're starting to. Um, our business mm-hmm. office had certain practices that they just kept the same so as not to rock the boat too much for that part of the business or that part of our plan. But, you know, we have online admissions. We we always ha- we had online um, re-enrollment for contract re-enrollment already, online payment of deposits and things like that. So I I, I benefited. We didn't have to reinvent the wheel or, or provide something new. It was already in play, thank, thankfully. So it was one thing that parents were used to. It's great. And 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 Steve, just I just have one last question. No, your title um, again is is you know chief technology officer um, is not. Uh, is is not one that you would necessarily find in uh, again in a lot of schools. I, I you know you started in May 2020. And I assume that you were hired in that role, but uh, it, does your role also involve educational technology? I mean, are you looking at uh, technology from the the broadest possible perspective in the school? Yes, yes. Um, my I'm very fortunate in that um, I have a team of uh, six individuals. Um, We split it up across network administration, um, ancillary systems, because, you know, Ramsey Everglades is two campuses in this beautiful, on on Biscayne Bay, we have a a beautiful athletic program as well as uh, gorgeous uh, buildings that are happening now. So kind of digress. Sorry about that. Um, We have have, um, an individual that, fills the role of systems technology integration, which are, sorry, to academic technology integration. And then we have a systems administrator. So with these roles, we kind of overlap, but take care of our students. And then we have help desk and we take care of our students, our faculty, the business side of it, uh, the auditoriums, you know, the athletics, it's, it's the full, the full, it's, it's a small company almost, you know, that we support. Very challenging. Wow, um, uh, and and uh, I lied, Steve. I, I said that was I, I just based on what you're saying. Based, based on what you're saying, Linda, I, I, I have a question for you, which is this: I mean, what what advice would you give to schools that that might be less resourced in terms of their technology department, but are you know are are aware of uh, the impact that technology can have on the parent experience and, and, you know, are trying to, to move, uh, you know, what they're offering in terms of technology in that kind of direction, you know, what, 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 what sort of, uh, I guess, you know, uh, high level advice, you know, could you offer to, you, you know, to people who are, who, who might be working with, uh, fewer resources. Right. Twofold, I think. I, I, I did come from a school that had only two individuals in their technology mm. department. So i um, kind of used to it. I think you develop alliances. You identify those um, super users that can provide assistance 
Um, we actually have a technology task force here at Ransom Everglades. It's um, a combination. We have a student technology task force and a faculty technology task force. And with that, it's a group of individuals that want to make um, or they want to leverage technology and train others to do so as well. So we get a lot of it, it's our sounding board as well as they're the um, boots on the ground when you're when you're really busy and they can kind of fill the gaps for sharing knowledge and and making people work more efficiently. And, and I think, you know, another one is data. We always have to worry about data. Well, that's not the subject of today, but a committee that helps you wrangle the different problems that you might have in your organization. Great. Wow. And, and Linda, one observation I have as you guys have been talking about this is I get the sense that you experienced a phenomenon I think I've seen with other organizations, which is for decades, we've probably talked about digital transformation waiting for us to turn into butterflies. But but the pandemic and other things certainly, I think, caused a lot of digital adaptation. Like you said, you needed to switch from a bring-your-own-device approach to um, providing equipment and training not only staff and faculty, but parents as well. It was a quickly evolving situation where people really had to adapt. I'm curious, how did leadership at the school help with that, help you and and help others understand the importance of the change that needed to happen? Oh, they were so instrumental in it and so supportive. Um, for. For our um, leadership team to actually say, yeah, we have to get 1,125 laptops within two months. Go for it. <laughs> that was amazing. And I think that that decision alone just spoke about how invested the school is in whatever it takes to cause learning to progress the way to, to you know, at least normalize that part of what's happening in a pandemic. They just supported in so many, you know, it was constant connection via Zoom calls um, with our faculty, um, constant encouragement from the leadership team, I think helped keep everyone short. I mean, it was really interesting how it wasn't just focused on academics, but our, our leadership team, what was great is they supported they created a whole um, new method of engaging our community by holding um, these Paul Ransom digital podiums, where once a month there was a Zoom call that people just joined in to hear about perhaps the history of Miami or arts in Miami. It was held, you know, Basel is a is a arts is an arts weekend here in Miami, and it was canceled during that year, and so. Key artists came in and talked about how important the arts were, um, not only for schools, but for the community and things like that. Uh, it was just really fascinating. And then they brought in old alums to talk about the school and its history, just a way for parents to disconnect for a little while and enjoy something that brought the community together, albeit digitally. No, that's great to hear. That, that leadership component is absolutely critical, especially when, um, you know, in times of uncertainty or where, where people are sort of looking to, Hey, are we, are we really doing this or are we, <laughs> are we not really doing this? Right. Right. And, um, their deliberation was incredible. I mean, the deliberation of the admin team when I was sitting in those meetings was 
they, they thought and went through all of the details and all of the pros and cons of different decisions to such, to such a degree that um, I think that's why we came out of it successfully because we tried to work on it. We tried to find the right answers at the moment that we were in. Um, but they were creative and creative individuals as well. So it's kind of nice. Going forward, Linda, I'm, I'm curious, what is there a thing that, that stands out in your mind that, you know, for all the things that may or may not change, but something that's that's here to stay that may have not been something the school was doing previously, but but is doing now and is kind of a like this is the new way in which we're going to be doing things and we're not going back to a maybe a, a prior practice or something. Is there something that stands out that is a here to stay that you're seeing from a technology perspective? Using technology for outreach, I think, will, is here to stay. Just the little things that you don't even think about. Um, the push pages, of course, um, uh, website, wayfinding for what's happening at Ransom Everglades, um, streaming, uh, athletic games um, so that people far and wide can can participate um, in that school spirit. Those are those are I think outreach is is what's here to stay. Great. And Chuck, same question for you. What are things that you're seeing across the, the organizations that, that you work with that you know you sort of feel like is that's a here to stay um, piece that, that people are aware of? I think that people uh, have uh, seen that you know you can use uh, technology, whether that's in the form of you know uh, some kind of video platform for you know for meetings in all kinds of ways, and that in fact uh, you know that there are ways in which technology, although it was a matter of necessity, it was implemented as a matter of necessity over the last couple of years, actually. Um, you know, now performs better than, than you know, an, an analog in-person, uh, you know, kind of approach. I mean, an example that I would use is that, you know, I think that a lot of schools, for example, have committed now to having their uh, parent-teacher conferences uh, be, be virtual conferences because they've just found that for parents, it is, so much more convenient, so much less stressful. Um, it's also easier for teachers. I mean, just all around, it it has um, all kinds of advantages. And uh, you know, the the disadvantage of actually not being in person with somebody is more than mitigated by by all of the things that that it offers. And so, that, I mean, that's just an example. But I am seeing schools, you know, reexamine. Uh, the way that they, you know, they do those kinds kinds of things, you know, post COVID. Most definitely, I agree with you, Chuck. It's um... yeah, and, and Linda, I, I, I wanted to, you know, you were uh, Steve, you asked a really interesting question about, you know, what what's here to stay. Um, you know, what I was interested in is, you know, to, to what extent do parents drive, uh, you know, the 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 development of your technology offering are, are there things that you have done that you would that you only did in response to what parents wanted and as you're moving forward you know how how do you account how, how do you account for that dynamic um that's a hard question to answer i 
I don't think we made decisions specifically because parents demanded them. I believe we have a high expect uh, parents. Our parents have a high expectation of their students, and they want to, and they're very concerned about their academic progress. So most of the decisions that we make regarding technology focuses on the student first and how we can deliver excellent academics or excellent experiences for them. So whether it be faculty having um, training for using their laptop from the back of their room so that they can keep classes engaged in a different way or our faculty do that naturally anyway. And just the students having the same type of device that our faculty use, touch screens so that they can take notes. Our, our parents appreciated that. They didn't drive the decision so much as said, yes, this is the right thing to do because every student will now be on the same platform, something like that, I guess. Yeah, that's a great example of, you know, it's the feedback from parents are certainly an input, but you've also got to look at all the other factors you're taking into consideration. And and it's a process. And I think all schools and really all organizations are learning every day about how technology can help in some of these areas. True. True. Uh, Linda and Chuck, really appreciate you joining us on the program. And maybe in a, in a future episode, we can we can dig into some other um, technology trends and impacts that are happening in the, the K-12 school space. But again, really appreciate your time here today. Sure. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's it for this episode of the SG Engage podcast. This episode is brought to you by the letter R. Thanks for listening.